Hey guys, and thanks for joining us at the MLS Motorway at i80sports.com. Today we have uh, news and notes from around the league. So we're talking about U.S. men's national team soccer. We're talking MLS. Thank you for joining us. Alex, you're back. How are you doing this week, Alex? Hey, not bad. How's everything, all right? Not bad. Not bad. We, uh... Living the dream, living the dream, getting back to work. That's nice, I guess. It's weird out there. It's weird out there. That's still second wave of COVID. Let's, <laughs> get, right never over. Let's get right into Never it. over. U.S. men's national team uh, looks like they scheduled some friendlies in November. I think it was first leaked by Serginio uh, Dest during a Zoom That's interview. Um, looks like it's going to be mostly Europe. Or, let me rephrase that. It looks like it will be entirely made out of Europe-based U.S. men's national team players. Um, not only will it coincide with the MLS playoffs, but also um, with the restrictions, travel restrictions from the United States going anywhere um, to avoid quarantine. It looks like it'll be European players playing in Europe only. Alex, what do you think about these friendlies? Uh, well, the whole world is playing but us, so uh, you know we're still in transition. I, I would like to see us play in a couple of games this month, like Mexico has and Costa Rica has, but we have not. But again, Wales and Australia, these two teams that, you know, might be lower ranked than us than the FIFA rankings. I'm not sure, but if you don't play your A game, you're going to get smoked. I think the games might be played in either England and or Wales. Uh, you know, if Gareth Bell could suit up for Wales going against America. That'd be awesome. Listen, they're going to bring up the U.S. Uh, internationals that are already in Europe. So the, the 14 day quarantine for MLS isn't going to happen. Maybe we're finally going to see the McKinney, Adams, Pulisic. Well, we Reyna. will not be seeing West McKinney. I can. Well, actually. That's, that's he might, kind of, you know, he might, Josh Sargent, you know, there's a bunch of players in Europe. You might, you know, Serginio Dest, as you brought up, maybe Chris Richards from Bayern Munich. We'll see stuff like that. Uh, you know, MLS isn't going to send players over. Maybe if someone is out of the playoffs in November, you could see a Georgie Mihailovic from Chicago, possibly. Maybe a Brad Guzan if Atlanta is out. They don't make the playoffs in November, little, but I doubt. Paul Ariola from DC United doesn't look like they're going anywhere this year. If he's getting his knee, you know, his knees, you know, maybe he wanted to bring him in camp to, you know, rehab his knee. I, I'm not sure about that, but you know, it should be interesting. I'm waiting to see the young European players all together at once. We we talk about it. We're seeing to have a European success, but we've yet to see them together all on the field. Them, this is um, now, you know, against a t couple of tough teams that you know you're not going to walk in there and win three nothing. They can win three nothing, so this should be interesting. I. uh thought that this kind of begged the question what mls uh quality players would be on like the dream u.s men's national team right now we got a couple guys like jordan morris josie altador who, who've been with the team before but what other players do you think were, were there any standout mls yeah I, I like akinola from toronto up front down dk from orlando what front would be good you know we'd like to see aronson from philadelphia uh you know mckenzie from philadelphia jackson wheel san jose uh, James Sands, New York City. I also like Keaton Parks in New York City. Busio from Kansas City has been great. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bassett from Colorado. I mean, there's a whole bunch of youngster players. I'm not even talking about Jonathan Lewis on Colorado and stuff like that. There's just some younger players that we don't see that much. I wouldn't mind getting called around. They seem to be having some success in MLS, especially Brandon Aronson. I love to see him in the U.S. national team, you know, as a, as a put, trying to push the, the young European midfielders for minutes. What about some of the older guys? Josie Altidore, Christian Roldan, maybe even like a little Walker Zimmerman. Are those Walker Zimmerman, be, I think Walker Zimmerman is worthy to be a call-up to. You know, the center back problem in, you know, in the U.S. national teams always seems to be an issue. Uh, I know John Brooks is probably number one. You know, is it Aaron Long, the other player? We don't know. Walker Zimmerman would be an excellent you know, uh, person. Bring up Mark McKenzie from Philadelphia. Also another guy I wouldn't mind looking at center back. 
maybe also Giassi Zardes season again. I know we kind of complain about him every time, but this might be finally the, the chance to see some of these young attackers, so some of the younger European players start for the U.S. Best National Team again. Those are the November scheduled friendlies, and they should be Europe-based players only. Um, when we move on to, to some of the other news and notes, COVID seems to have uh, hit MLS and hit MLS hard. I know there are a lot of uh, concerns going into the bubble, but the bubble for MLS's back tournament seemed to have worked properly. However, now we're getting some positive tests all around. Um, Ra- Raul Ruiz Diaz seems to be a confirmed positive on Seattle Sounders. Rapids had an outbreak. They postponed three games already, and they postponed their next three games. They're working with the uh, Colorado Health Commission. I don't know what they're called um, to try to see if they can get games started again sometime before the conclusion of the season. It seems to be really bad up there. Two positive tests in Minnesota United players. One Miami player tested positive and two Columbus Crew staff have tested positive so far. Alec, what are you hearing? What do you think? Uh, and and listen, MLS has a uh, policy that the teams are not required to mention who has COVID. But if you have the football, what is it? The foot Fot mob yeah, app. When you go on lineups and injuries, they have the players that are listed with the virus. I assume it's coronavirus, aren't playing. And the list you just talked about is Wayla. From Nashville to almost seems like every team, Sporting Kansas City, they just don't. MLS, you go to the website, won't talk about it, but that app has it. And if you want to know who has virus, now, now apparently, you know, it seems to be like two or three here. One team has one player there, one player there. So I guess the game is going. But what Colorado has has been a massive outbreak. I don't see how they're making up six games. Uh, I heard the news rumors they're just going to go points per games played at the end if they don't play the same amount Never of games. And they're already they're already still in the last playoff spot with games in hand, so I assume they're going to be safe with that. They right, might even rise a little higher in the standings. I don't know. But there's no way they're going to make up six games in, like, two weeks. It's impossible. And then go into the playoffs. Absolutely. We're looking at the kind of, I guess, the final six or seven games for most MLS teams only a couple of weeks before that uh, coveted playoff, which apparently has almost every team in MLS this season anyway. Um, also in COVID news, Cristiano Ronaldo on Juventus. Um, that doesn't normally follow under United States soccer, but seems that he passed it on to uh, Weston McKinney. There might be a little uh, mini outbreak going on there in Juventus. I thought Weston McKinney was supposed to be the one passing things to Ronaldo. Seems yeah, well, in this case that, uh, that we're not sure if Ronaldo got it at the European, you know, the the, the Nations League, which no one cares about playing for yeah. Portugal, or do you had it in Italy with Juventus that had a scare? I think going to Napoli game was canceled, forfeit. I don't know. Get on a bus, don't get on a bus. There was major controversy in Italy about that game being played. You asked Juventus game, and now you see a couple guys with COVID. So, you know, it's not just here, it's everywhere. The second wave is coming. Leagues are going to have to adapt. You see, the NFL is having a bunch of problems right now. Uh, MLS is trying to limp over the finish line before COVID strikes its ugly head before the end of the season. My understanding also, there's not going to be a bubble for the playoffs no matter what. This is how it's going to be empty stadiums, higher seed going on, and that's until the end. This is how it's going to be. Well, right now, there were a couple games that really kind of either had implications or were big surprises. Let's talk about some of those games from this past week. Let's start out with the LA Galaxy versus the Portland Timbers. This was one of the later games of last week. It took only 13 minutes for the first goal. That was Yimi Chara Tamora. Um, I, I noted that goal specifically because it was not only was it only 13 minutes into the game, but it seemed like the easiest goal I've seen scored in an MLS match this season. Low cross right across the face of goal. Um, and it was put away, and it looks like Portland Timbers stepped off to to an early start here, Alex. If I would have told you on October 14th that LA Galaxy would be last place in the Western Division, you'd call me crazy. That's exactly where they sit right now. Only three points out of a playoff spot. 
but they're in last place in the in, in the Western Conference. Chicharito has been a non-factor in this game. They gave up what six goals, six to three. Six. I mean, six goals. I mean, come on. You know, I know Felipe Mora had two. Uh, who else had two? Jeremy Obigasi had two. I mean, Obigasi they, they had just... two, including that ripper uh, of a set piece that he put in. Um, w- whenever it comes to a set piece against Galaxy, it, it's like a 50-50. Was it a great set piece, or was Bingham just that bad? And it seems like that's kind of what uh, it's the, the, it's the back rider. The LA Galaxy, we talked about it. I don't have it. LA's back four is just brutal. And David Bingham, I know he has a lot of saves, but he gives up a lot of rebounds sometimes with all the shots he's facing. Yeah. They're, they're the back four. They're, they're bleeding goals, and up front, they don't have consistent scoring. Chicharito is not there. Then Ethan Zubak starting at center forward. Now, come on. I mean, do you, how far are you expected? No offense to Ethan Zubak. He's better than you and me. But this is the MLS. So you want to win trophies. You're not going to have Ethan Zubak as your starting center forward going forward. I know he scored in his game, but still. Yeah. Come on. Chicharito's a DP. You're paying him big bucks. I know his wife just had another baby, so you got to understand. Yeah, but he's been told total disappointment. Apparently, if you look at the LA Galaxy, played better when Chicharito is out. That he's in the lineup, which is which is crazy, crazy. Right. But that's exactly what's going on this year, and they're a major disappointment this year in MLS. Heading over to Portland a little bit. Uh, one of the great stories from the last couple of games is uh, Yimi Chara, uh, speedster, really, really athletic player that I, I really love to see, even for his size. Two assists, uh, and it looks like he has uh, three goals and an assist in his last five starts this season. So it really looks like uh, he's settled in there. Something that's going to carry Portland over. Just seems like no matter what happens to Portland, they just Retool, reload, and, and they're back in the fight. Like we talked about after it won the, the, the bubble tournament, they're, they're in contention when MLS, you know, the, the, the regular season and the, the championship. They're in, every trophy available, Portland Timbers are going to be there. They've been pretty healthy this year. Backline's yeah. played well. They're getting That's scoring up. Williamson has, Williamson has stepped up his game in midfield. Uh, you know, this is a good team. They have a great coach that knows MLS very well in Savarisi. What's not to like about Portland? I think uh, one of the, the interesting points there is that you've mentioned that they've been relatively healthy, although they're missing their best player. <laughs> the best player is not on the field, Sebastian Blanco. Um, but then Valeri steps in, and it doesn't matter. No, Felipe Mora now scoring goals. He wasn't starting when, when he had Sebastian Blanco. I mean, that's, you know, Diego Valeri still looks like he's in his young 30s. I don't care how old he is. He's still one of the top players in MLS. He's having fun, being creative. Their defense has been very good. It's been underrated, and is one of the reasons why they're winning games, and they're getting big goals up front. This is why they are what they are. They're in contention to be number one seed in the West. Valeri uh, really impressed me with his, with his goal in this game. I'm not sure if you, you caught that. Just kind of over his own shoulder, flick, hit the top left corner. It, it was just a, a rainbow ball just yeah. off his back foot, running away from the face of goal, off balance. Just nothing stops this guy, and nothing's going to yeah. stop Portland. Really, really good chance at uh, taking it all the way this year. Very good. Yep, there, you know, with Seattle right there. And LAFC is getting hot, too. It's going to be interesting how the West is going to be uh, played when the playoff time starts. Red Bull had two games this week. First one, Inter-Miami. We were there Wednesday night at Red Bull Arena. Uh, Miami's lineup featured Gonzalo Higuain, uh, Matias Pellegrini, lots of great players. Red Bull uh, playing kind of the lineup of the future. You had Velo, Yearwood at holding uh, midfield. You had Stroud and Fernandez up on the outside. Uh, kind of the tale of two teams here. And uh, what, what do you think about this game? Initial reaction? Uh, you know, Red Bull started off well, but they looks like they faded and lost two to one. Iguina had a great free kick goal late. Uh, Red Bull again dropping points at home against teams lower down in the standings. DC United, Cincinnati, now Inter Miami. I mean, that's six points you should have had. You know, you're yeah, going into nine points you should have had at least. You would think going into when you saw the schedule and yeah, the difference in the standings. Yeah, would Red Bulls be if they didn't drop those points at home? Second half, Red Bulls ran out of gas. I mean, you know, Kaku was not there. Uh, major problem. 
It seems like the creativity was another Sam Latita Kate played. You know, I think it was his first start of the year. Yes. You know, came out in the 60th minute, I do Very believe. Good. Nothing. I mean, he was okay, but nothing, you know, again. I just like, the, front, I just like the not, not having that consistent scoring up front. Sometimes you think it's Barlow, and then you don't hear from him. Sometimes well, you think it's Brian it's White, and then you don't hear from him. And now Samuel Tita. Barlow's not the answer. I'll break Samuel that Tita, Samuel Tita, they're trying. It's not working out. You know, um, until they step behind, too. He's not that target guy like like you'd want to see out of someone in that position. You no, know, um, Caceres uh, is also in South America for the Venezuelan uh, World Cup qualifiers. That's in, you know another spot lost in the midfield. But, uh, you know, you have somebody Drew Yearwood. He looks like to be he looks like to be a great player, and now we have uh, we're going to talk about our next game. We have a new seventeen year old. We're not there yet, Alex. We're going to talk. I said we're going. We're getting there. We're getting there. We got another seventeen year old from the Rebel Academy. They brought up after this. There was uh, uh, some excitement here. Uh, Stroud looked hopeful. Did did have that assist early in the game. Looked like some of his uh, passes were a little a little too hopeful, but he got the job done at times. Um, Barlow should have scored on a header. Who else but Blaze Matweedy? He's done that before. Yeah, clear off the line. That was very good. Uh, that was very good. That was very good. He ended up in net, but the ball apparently did not. It was close. Iguain again with a banger. Uh, what a free kick goal. It was just a class goal of, of his own. This is something that we've talked about a lot and hasn't really come to full fruition so far this season. The young DP for Miami there. Um, and I wrote in my notes, about half of my notes were on Jensen. Jensen, the new goalie for Red Bull, who... Uh, this seemed to be one of his last games in the starting position. It seemed like everything that he touched just bounced off his gloves. There were a couple of times where there were just easy balls rolled to him that he right right off his gloves. Um, really, really interesting. I like I said, I knocked that down. Um, no wonder that when Mira is healthy, he ha- has been starting and he did start the next game against Atlanta United. We've, I've talked about Jensen since the bubble crosses. He makes me nervous. Corner kicks. He makes me nervous. You saw the Olympico against was the Cincinnati. Bad couple position. crosses in, in, in the yeah. bubble. He looked a little shaky at some crosses. Again, it's coachable, fixable, yes. Has he made some big saves at big spots? Yes. But is he better than uh, Ryan Merritt to me? No. No. He's not. No, absolutely and, not you know, to me either. And, and for me, it's also, you just grab the ball. Like, that I, is I, don't, I have more confidence in Merritt and Net not giving up a soft goal than Jensen. And that's what it comes down to to me. And now playoff time comes. You cannot give up any soft goals you expect to go for. To me, if, if Merritt is healthy, he should play. Good. Jensen's a good backup. I don't know what you're paying him salary cap wise. I would I would always go with a young American or something like that. But that's me. I wouldn't go out and get a foreign goalkeeper. I think we have plenty in this country from college on we can put as a backup in MLS. But that's me. Uh, yeah, Mary should be the goalie. Jensen makes you crazy on um, corner kicks and and crosses like I talked about. He wears, I don't have the confidence. Like he's fun, right? Yeah, he's a big guy. We heard him screaming on the field. You can hear him. Every, all over saying he he's a presence. Don't get me wrong. He does communicate well. It's just the crosses uh, and corner kicks. I get nervous with this guy. The punches sometimes look eh. Sometimes looks good. Sometimes eh. Ryan Mayer should be starting this game. Anyway, back to this game. There's no way he could have saved Eagles' uh, free kick. Nobody would have saved that unless you're standing against the post. Even Pellegrini's goal, that really wasn't his fault. But, you know, uh, when's the last time Rebels have had a shutout? You know, everyone's talking about they can't score. They haven't, they've not had a clean sheet. And I don't know how many games it's been in a row. That's an issue that no one's talking about. I know Sean Nielsen has gotten better. But we Sean can't see get... who, by the way, in the entire first half, shut Iguain down from the run of play. Iguain did, did, did have a goal, but it was not from the field. For some reason, we can't get Nealis, Parker, and Long together. I like to see the three of them together on once on the field. So for some reason, it doesn't seem to happen. I don't know it's why. I like was squad Terry rotation, yeah, you know, and stuff like night. you know. Sometimes you take one out, but I like to see that going forward with the the difficult schedule they have coming up from. If I told you that. Sean Nealis was an MLS caliber player at this point last season. You would have laughed at me. 
Uh, he's uh, the most improved player on the Red Bulls, I would think. Uh, I'd have to, I have to say that. And if I told you this time last year that Gonzalo Higuain was going to be playing MNMLS, you thought I'd be crazy. And then he if did. I told you that Nilas was guarding Higuain and that he was trusted in that position, Higuain looks, looks it looks like he's been hitting the Italian foot a little hard at the other before the season started. It did look a little out of shape to me. I know Shep Messing, I think, mentioned it on the on the broadcast oh, about fifteen times. Yes. So he did, he did. Yes, he did look a little out of shape. Hands on hips a little early for me. Or your center forward, but you saw the quality. You saw why he's the pain and the money is. Yes. It's a big time player that can score big time goals, highlight real goals. And here you just saw that on that free kick. Red Bull, Red Bull versus Atlanta. This is probably my least noted game of the week. Ended up that was a rough watch. One zero goal by on a goal by Caden Clark, and there wasn't much else to take away in this game, like at all, at all. Now, this is an ugly game to you know to put this on you know, to have a game in a week. I think was it on Channel Five? I mean, on Fox? I'm not sure, but on Fox, Travis, one of those. That, that was a rough sell for MLS. That that first half, both teams are so cautious; they didn't want to do anything. Uh, you know, Atlanta's fighting for playoff position. They're one of the last spots for the top ten. Rebels are seventh, trying to get this five or six to avoid that seven, ten, eight, nine play on playing game. This is a rough game in the first half. There not really much chances. A lot of balls get you know turnovers just before he got in the other opponent's box. You did see the debut of DP Moreno for Atlanta. Looks like he has promise. He has a lot of skill. He's not as as uh, vocal and as uh, what's the word I'm looking for enthusiastic as PT yes. Martinez and Barco was. Barco I think actually was out with COVID. You won't see it anywhere else, but you see it on the on the app. <laughs> uh, like but yeah, what we should talk about is the debut of the 17 year old from Minnesota, Cannon Clark. I uh, scored a nice volley off a, a rebound off a corner kick uh, earlier in the day. I think the day before, or was it day same day? Rebel had to pay seventy five grand in allocation money in Minnesota for territorial rights, even though he's never played for Minnesota United, which is crazy. But okay, now, now let's just talk a little bit about that. Um, he did play for Red Bull too. Had a very good season. He wanted to move up, and in any other place in the world, when you're in the minor league, you go up to the and it's seamless, seamless response. Uh, apparently not in MLS. He is a kid who grew up in Minnesota. Um, I wrote the name of the town down, but I think I lost it. Oh, uh, Medina, Medina, Minnesota. Uh, and so I guess he has territorial rights by Minnesota. Minnesota own his MLS rights. However, they don't have an academy. They had nowhere for him to play, and no one's going to sign a 16-year-old kid to the first team in MLS. So he he basically had to. He was he was hamstrung to joining a team with a good academy. He said about Red Bulls, the main reason I chose Red Bulls is because of the plan they have for me, the way they develop players in the past. They believe in youth. They play young guys. That is from Caden Clark on why he chose Red Bull above any other MLS team. Well, we saw Tyler Adams and Matt Miazga what happened, and they did jump right to Europe. And apparently he was there last year at Red Bull Leipzig. They liked him so much that they, when the contract in MLS for resigned for uh, USL, was they will call him up on January of 2022. Uh, as a 17, he'll be 19 years old then, maybe on the verge of being 19, right around the times when Tyler Adams left. So, I mean, now you're going to see he's going to be the midfielder for the Rebels every game now, I assume, this year, end of this year and all to next year. They're going to be they're going to maximize whatever they can from before they sell. I don't know if the, the, the contract would have to sell them off to Leipzig or just send them off. To, I, I don't. They can't just send them. That has to be some yeah, kind of price tag. So they can, they can ask for more. They can ask for more if he has a better season than less. So I'm expecting to play all, you know, every game for going for the 17. He's going to play every game for the Red Bulls in the midfield area. He's creative. He reminds you a lot of Brandon Aronson. Maybe not as attacking-wise as Brandon Aronson, but his passes, his vision, the creativity to set guys up in open spaces to score. You, you can't be taken away from someone at 17. He's great. And his goal, he scored a volley off the top of the key. 
it's world class. I mean, you can't teach that. That's just that's just talent that he has. And again, Red Bull. He's not really a Red Bull Academy guy. He came from Barca Academy. I know he was in, I think, yeah, in Arizona. Academy, which I, I think it was in Arizona or something like that. Yeah. Somewhere far. There's a, like, remember, we drove past Red Bull. We saw the Sevilla Academy that's in, near Newark or something. There's these academies around the country under the name of Barcelona, Sevilla, you know, teams like that, big t- European teams that have that. And he was doing very well. I think it was Arizona. I'm not sure before he signed with the Red Bull. But part of the reason he signed with the Red Bull, they, ha- they worked him out in Leipzig. I like that they saw it. It goes... In two years, we're bringing up. Now, if he's not that good, they could just send him right back to Red Bull New York. So it's a, it's a win-win for the yeah, Red Bulls yeah. organization, Global, and the New York Red Bulls uh, in New York because the kid is very good. He should be playing at least in Major League Soccer and starting no matter what. He now, he's not one of those on-the-ball guys. He, he, he's what I would call a pass redirector. He gets a pass, and then he makes a great play forward. Kind of plays a little more attacking, but he is a midfielder. So with him, Stroud, Caceres, below, got a crowd in midfield now, and this is my last note on Red Bull, and I wrote this after the game, and I said, has Sean Davis outlived his usefulness for the New York Red Bulls? Most likely, you know, the last four captains get sold off the following year. Uh, with Drew Yearwood there, I don't see how Sean Davis comes back. You also got to wonder what you're going to do with Kaku. Is he going to come back? Are you going to play? Uh, are you going to go with uh, Clark? Because Clark, Clark, Clark yeah. can play that play. You know, you're going to get jettison the salary and jettison a DP contract. You know, know we're going to get hammered because we're kind of talking about different positions. But these are all midfield guys. These are all guys. You somebody has to go. I mean, somebody has to go, and they're probably going to add to it on top of that. So somebody, the Warriors, been rumored to leave at the end of the season. So we, you know, there's going to be changes in Red Bull no matter what. The new coach He's coming in. Have- we have a new coach coming. He's going to bring in his own players. You know, so there's big changes coming, Rebel. But one thing's for certain: Cannon Clark is going to be playing every day for the Rebels in the midfield. Get used to it. Just because we said that, he's going to be sitting tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Game. That's right. Right. Going to be uh, up the juice stand. Last game we wanted to talk about briefly: LAFC versus the Seattle Sounders. Tell us what we saw. No, really, Diaz. Uh, and I told you when one of the three for Seattle don't show up, they're not the same team. Morris, Ladero, Rui Diaz. Two of the threes were there. But they started. They had Will Bruin up front, who missed some chances that Rui Diaz would not. If Rui, D, if Will Bruin, Bruin, excuse me, cannot put the ball in the back in the back in the net on simple tap-ins inside the box, they're in trouble. Uh, Rui Diaz, I know, just tested positive for COVID, so we're talking he might miss five to six games. There's a plus a two-week quarantine after that when he comes into the country. I don't think we're going to see Rui Diaz to the playoffs. Where Seattle is going to be in the standings, that's going to make a big deal. Who they play in the first round. Until they get yeah. those three, I can't pick Seattle to win the MLS Cup. They need those three to be to win MLS Cup. And Will Bruin, to me, needs he's the player in the spotlight right now. He needs to be step up. I know there's rumors uh, the past few days that Kyle Lahren, the ex-Orlando star that's playing in Besiktas yeah. in, uh, in Turkey, they were looking at him. But, again, he'd want DP money. They already have three DPs. How would they s- slot him in? You know, you know, how that's, long are you going to quarantine? Everything is, is now – everything is a two-week longer – than it was um, talking about some of these great games. Uh, we're not going to give our full predictions for this week's slate of games, but there are a couple of games we really wanted to highlight. First is Portland versus LAFC LAFC. No matter how much we want to count them out, they just keep playing good soccer. Even if they're losing games, they're still playing good soccer. Um, and I think they're a lot of guys. Kind of, yeah. I think we're both taking Portland here, right? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Portland, but uh, LAFC to me has been very surprising. No Vela, no Rossi, no Rodriguez. The back line has been a mess. They changed their goalies. But, you know, they, you know, uh, Sean Wright Phillips, Sean Wright, Bradley Wright Phillips up front has been very well. Uh, this is a big game. Again, Portland, I think uh, LAFC is fourth in the West after the really, really slow start, Dad. It's going to be a tight game. I think Portland's going to eke it out. I believe that is true, too. Um, funny you mentioned that because I was just thinking about brothers who play soccer together. You said Bradley Wright, you know, 
Bradley Wright Phillips was just Sean Wright Phillips's little brother because you know yes. Bradley was playing over in uh, or Sean was playing over in Crystal Palace at the time, right? When we got him, and he was not supposed to be anything. And that kind of reminds me of like what we talked about before, Yimi Chara, uh, D- Diego Chara's brother, and just how they're playing together so well every day on the same team. What 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 a what a pickup that was. What a winger. I want and I want to see the both Iguains play for Inter Miami now. That should be interesting to see Inter Miami trying to make a run to the tenth. Absolutely. Um, next game I kind of uh, wrote, I don't know why, but San Jose versus Seattle Sounders. I saw that and I said, I think so. San Jose's been hot. So. San Jose's what, what, three straight? So they're in the playoff race. Seattle minus Rudy Diaz. This is a, tr- this is a trick game for Seattle. They got to be careful. San Jose is playing hot. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still going to take Seattle, but I'll not be surprised the way San Jose is playing, especially at home. San Jose is very tough at home. This is a tough game for, this is going to be a tough game for Seattle. Let's see if Will Bruin can step up and put some goals in. Absolutely. San Jose did lose to Portland last week by score of 3-0, so they won three games in a row before that had happened. Uh, either way, still in, in pretty good form. And uh, 10-19, New England versus Philly. This is a yeah. rivalry game. It's a geographic rivalry game. It's, uh, you know, everything Battle for about. first place. Toronto's in first place by three points over Philly, four points over Columbus. New England's trying to hold on to that sixth spot, avoid the 7-10 game. They don't like each other. Uh, you know, the game's on turf. Philadelphia, Philadelphia's undefeated at home. They're going to New England. It'll be a tough game for them. If they're going to drop points, this will be the game. But I'm still going to go with Philadelphia in this one. The way, Phil, the way the Union are playing, I really like the way, you know, Casper Shabilko and Aronson, Santos. They just got Corey Burke and another forward to, get to bring off the bench. I'm going to go with Philadelphia in this one. Absolutely. In their last six, it looks like uh, Phillies won four, and there were two draws in Revolution are yet to get back on the scoreboard against Philly in the last six. So, um, yeah, cool. Good stuff. That That's the way it is. Now there's going to be games on Wednesday night. We did not go over those for a reason because we kind of found out we've been publishing uh, hours ahead of that game or, or even after. So, um, again, great Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday games all weekend. Alex, do you have any final thoughts for us? No, I mean, it's getting down to nitty gritty. Uh, you know, let's hope COVID doesn't destroy the season. You know, Colorado missed six games. Let's hope other teams are being cautious and, you know, doing the right thing. We want to finish the season. We want to see a champion. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. It's going to come down to the last day. Who makes what playoff spot and who's playing against who? Stay here. We're going to talk all about it. Thanks for joining us at ID Sports.